Hello and welcome to Mosaic Life Church's podcast. We believe that everyone can find hope and healing in Christ. My name is Jack Gonzalez, the lead pastor here at Mosaic. and We hope that you enjoy today's message and you're blessed by it. At the end of the message, I'll share some contact information with you. If you do have any further questions, you can connect with us. Have a blessed day. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness and what you're doing in each and every one of us. The truth is, God, we can turn around and look at our lives and see areas where we can say, you know what, nobody but God. And we know it, Lord. Continue to do your good word, good work. And as we approach your holy word, I pray, Father, that you would speak to us. You would reveal to us, Lord, the truths in scripture, God. You would bring conviction and challenge and encouragement and blessing. Thank you, Father, for all that you desire to do today. Bless your house. Strengthen your house. And we never forget that you are the head of this house. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, to get started, let me ask you this question. Has there anybody here that you've ever took a pottery class at one time or another in your life? Anybody took a pottery class? Pottery class? Yes, a few of us taking a pottery class. I took a pottery class in college, and that was a lot of fun. I made bowls. And I made some figurines and some different things like that. One of the things I made you, I want you to see this picture here. I made this castle. And it was, it was really cool uh, process, if you will. And I was really enamored with the whole idea of castles and kingdoms, right? And just kind of thinking a little bit about God's kingdom and God's rule and his reign and the things that are he leads with, the things that he has set up and organized but as you go to do pottery, they really start you off with a big lump of clay. You get this clay, right? And now there's, you enter into this process with the clay. And so you're going to eventually sit at the wheel. But first what you do is you design it. Then you begin to make it. Then once you've made it, you let it dry. Once it's dry, then you begin to trim it and you cut off certain areas that you now want to remove. Once it's all trimmed up, you place it in the fire. The fire burns it and hardens it and allows it to, to be molded into shape. Once it comes out of the fire, then you put the glaze on. You're going to put the color and the design, whatever you're going to do to it and that kind of thing. Then it goes back into the fire. And it, and it has this, this, this now, it goes through it again. See, in pottery, there's a process. Much like us and God, we are this lump of clay, and God's got a process that he's got to do in us. There's something that he's, he's got a shape, and he's got a mold, and he's got a design, and God's got a plan. He sees us, and he don't see a lump. He sees the finished product, but we still got to be designed in order to get to that finished product. There's things that he's got to do in us. Sometimes he makes the clay, and sometimes he's got to break it and restart it because there's a hairline crack that will lead to something that's going to hurt you. And God is trying to lead us in his way of everlasting. There is quite a bit of a process. You see the mistake that many churches make or many Christians make. Is that they do not understand this process. So many people get so enamored with just. Well, I just crossed over from death to life, and it's all about the count, and it's all about the tally. Oh, my goodness, we got so many people in our church. We got so many people that made a decision for Jesus, but then they never enter the process. The, 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 the process doesn't happen. There's no from here to here. We crossed, but where is the growth? 
Where is the maturity? Where is everything after that? They never fully allow God's process to work in their lives. You see, today I want to read a passage to you. It's found in the book of Luke, chapter 19, and verses 1 through 10. And I absolutely love this passage. It's, you know, you, know, you, you raise your kids in the, in the toddler's class. You see them grow in the, the, from the nursery the toddler, all the way up, and they learn these nursery rhymes, these biblical nursery rhymes. And one of them is regarding this brother here that we're about to read. But it says this in verse 1, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. And there was a man called by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. Zacchaeus was trying to see who Jesus was. And he was unable to do to the crowd because he was short in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up a sycamore tree in order to see him. Because he was about to pass through that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for today I must stay at your house. Would you say that with me? Today I must stay at your house. That's right. This is what Jesus tells him. Verse 6. And he hurried and he came down and received him joyfully. When the people saw this, they all began to complain, saying, He has gone to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. But Zacchaeus stopped and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, half of my possessions I'm giving to the poor. And if I have extorted anything from anyone, I am giving back four times as much. Verse 9. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because he too is a son of Abraham. Would you say it with me? A son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Now, I want us to understand a couple of things here. First, I want us to get that Zacchaeus is a Jewish man by descent. Jesus came to restore Israel. But the other thing that I want us to understand is that when any of us put our faith in God, we become sons of Abraham because the Bible says that Abraham was declared righteous because he believed God, because he had faith. Listen, if you know anything about the life of Abraham, you come to understand that he went through a process. It wasn't one time that God spoke to him and then boom, it was done. No, God brought him and brought him and spoke to him and challenged him and tested him and took him along a process. In this moment, Zacchaeus is called a son of Abraham. Listen, when we're talking about Zacchaeus, I want to say this. At one point or another, this was every single one of us. Isn't that the truth? If you, if Jesus is your Lord and Savior, this was us. Every single one of us. There was a time where it just clicked and it made sense and the light bulb went on. And we're like, okay, okay, I, 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 this is me. Right, the lost is found and in the context of Jesus speaking to, uh, to Zacchaeus, we see that he is completely ostracized by the religious community around him. He's considered a sinner, but standing in front of him is the fulfillment of the scriptures in Jesus Christ. And when he recognizes Jesus Christ as Savior, 
he's willing to leave everything behind. See, what he's willing to do is he's willing to submit to love. I want you to get this. This is important that you get this. This is important that you get this. He's willing to submit to love. He's willing to submit to the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, I'll give up anything. What is it that I got to give up? He submits himself. You see, in theological terms, what has taken place here with Zacchaeus, we call justification. Zacchaeus is justified. He puts his hope in, the, in his faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and so now his sins are forgiven. They're gone. God doesn't see them anymore, and therefore he is, he's justified, right? Very judicial terms. He's, he's declared innocent of all charges against him. It's completely gone. I want you to see what the Bible says in Romans chapter 5, verse 1. It says this, Therefore, Having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Why do we have peace with God? Because outside of Christ, the Bible says you are an enemy of God. Literally understand the biblical words, these holy scriptures. You are an enemy of God outside of Christ Jesus. An enemy. But in Christ, there is peace between you and him. Amen. There's peace. You have been justified, declared innocent. There are all charges dropped against you, completely dropped. It's all gone. You see, justification refers to our right standing with our holy God due to our cleansing from God because of our faith in Jesus Christ. Meaning we are declared justified and right with God when Jesus becomes our Lord and Savior. Our sins are forgiven and therefore we are justified. We're justified. I think a lot of times I think what sometimes people get the confusion of is that Jesus is only their Savior. And there's a lot of churches and there's a lot of Christians that stop. Well, Jesus is my Savior. Yeah, but he's also your Lord. And guess what we do to a Lord? We submit. We submit to Lord. We obey Lord. We follow his holy word. We're willing to do it the way he says to do it because he's Lord. Some people only want Jesus as Savior and not Lord. And it does not work that way. You do not separate these areas. But in Christ, we are justified. Listen, if you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, if you don't have a personal relationship with him, at the end of today, I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond to this love. But for the rest of us that have already responded to this love, I want to say this to you. You know Jesus. You love Jesus. And Jesus loves you. But there are areas of your life that have not been confronted or surrendered. Maybe God has taken you to a, a new level, and at that new level, you got to submit and surrender to something. Maybe God has entered into a new season, or, or maybe there's a new relationship in your life. Maybe, maybe there's something in your life that needs to be handed over to him. Here's what we need to understand. See, when you come to faith, you enter into a process called sanctification. Because, listen, you have been declared justified, but now, but, listen, but now I enter into a process where God is working in my life. There is no perfect Christian. 
God never stops working in your life. You are not a finished product. There are still things that he needs to shape and mold and work out. And there's that lump in there. And he's trying to get it out of you and get it straight. There's his work to be done in your life. And in this process, it is called sanctification. I said, right, I talked about the life of Abraham. God took him from place to place, testing his faith, developing his character, building his legacy, stretching him, challenging him. The Bible actually says this in Genesis chapter 15, verse 6. It says this, when Abraham believed the Lord and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. It wasn't this one-time moment. Oh, Abraham did the right thing. He's righteous. No, God brought him along a process. Abraham wasn't, wasn't just saying, okay, well, that's enough, God. I'm, I'm done with the process. You had me on this path, God, but I'm going to get off the path because of, you know, something else. No, he stayed on the path, and God continued to work in him. Listen, can I, can I get that right there? See, this is a beautifully wrapped here gift. And this is our gift. This is the gift that we receive right here. It's a free gift. This, there's no charge for this gift. It's an absolutely 100% free gift. Now, this is completely contradictory to the Catholic Church, to Jehovah Witnesses, Mormons, any of them, any, any type of thing like, like that. Because they'll say that you have to be good enough to earn this gift. Or you have to do so many right things to get this gift. But that contradicts Scripture. Because what he says is that this is a free gift. Salvation is free. You do not do anything to earn it. Period. However, when Jesus is Savior, he's also Lord. So what does that mean? I'm submitting to him as my Lord. I'm submitting to his will. I'm submitting to his word. I'm submitting to his way. I'm willing to do it your way. I'm submitting myself to him. So I'm, I'm, I'm justified, but now I'm willing to allow him to work in my life. So you pick up this gift. But guess what? You still got habits. You still got connections. You still got lifestyle choices. You still got possibly some, some things that have been carried on, generational curses or some other things that you've opened doors to. You still got some things that God has got to work out in your life. You still got things. You have not arrived. You made a decision for Jesus, and now you're all done. That's not how it goes. There's so much more that he wants to do in your life. You know, the Bible says to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. What does that mean? Listen, salvation is absolutely free, but you staying in it is your responsibility. Like it's kind of like a relationship. If you have a relationship, you have to maintain the relationship or else you won't be in the relationship. Somebody tell all the young brothers. Come on, somebody. Listen, if you're married, you have learned that the grass is greener where you water it. Wherever I water the grass, that's where it's going to be greener. Not looking, oh, man, the grass must be greener on the other side. No, what you don't know is that is artificial grass over there. 
It looks good. It looks tempting. But it ain't real. What you got is real. And you need to be watering what God has given you. Come on, somebody. And so when it comes to your relationship with God, this relationship also needs work. Listen, maybe your relationship with God is fairly new. Or maybe you've, you've been in it for a while, but the relationship still needs work. Listen, you don't go into a marriage and say, well, man, you know, I put in a lot of work over the last 20 years. I've done this. I've done that. And now, you know what? I'm just going to coast for a while. It does not work that way. It might seem like it gets you by for a little bit, but it does not work that way. Listen, I want to say this. You cannot live on yesterday's blessings for very long. It, it, don't, it don't work that way. You can stay there for a short period, but it will not sustain you. You have to put in the work. And so no matter where you are on the depth of your relationship with God, the relationship needs work. And as part of that... What you are really saying is that you need work. Because think about it in the relationship. Does God need to go and work on himself? No, it's us. It is clearly us that need the working. And so we allow him to do his work in our lives. Listen, you could take this as any type of relationship advice. But what the Holy Spirit has prepared for you concerns your personal relationship with God Almighty. And this growth process that God does his work in our life is the sanctification process. You've crossed over from death to life. And some of you might be over here in sanctification process. Some of you might be over here in the you You might be along the road, but God is working, is out in your life. According to systematic theology, sanctification means this. The ongoing supernatural work of God to rescue justified sinners from the disease of sin and to conform them to the image of his son, holy, Christ-like, and empowered to do good works. Did you catch this? This ongoing supernatural work of God, sanctifying us, working out, doing his good work in our lives. Listen, I want to show you a picture of you and God. Ready? Here's a picture of you and God. There you go. Ain't that the truth? Some of us are a big old lump of clay, and God's trying to make something out of us. If we let him. He's, he's taken the clay and he's got plans and he's got visions and he's got dreams and he's got purpose and he's got identity and he's trying to shape it and to mold it and to make it into his masterpiece. You have to understand his thoughts towards you are masterpiece. I want you to see the next picture. Some of us might be a little bit further down the road. And he's now working some details. He's trying to fix it right. He's trying to, trying to get that last curve. He's trying, he's trying to work it out. But that isn't to mean 
that there isn't something that might happen in your life, and all of a sudden you develop this hairline crack that he might just crush the whole thing and start over. I don't know if you've ever been in a season where you feel like God is breaking you, where God is leading you to a place. He's saying, my child, I love you. I got you. But we got to go and do some rework. And if you allow me to do this rework in your life, you will be stronger, longer in Jesus' name. Amen. This is his process of sanctification in our life. We are not finished yet. You know, King David, he writes Psalm 139. It's a powerful psalm. I love Psalm 139. I wish we would all just memorize Psalm 139. It's not really connected to any specific moments, but he's, he's, there's a whole lot that's happening there. There's a lot to learn from it. But David closes Psalm 139, and he says this in verses 23 and 24, and I want you to see this. He says, search me, God, and know my heart. Put me to the test and know my anxious thoughts and see if there is any hurtful way in me and lead me in the everlasting way. Oh, Jesus. There's two things that I need us to understand about God's work in our life. The first thing is this. You cannot halt the process of sanctification in your life by holding on to things that are offensive to God. Do you understand? There are things literally that are offensive to him in this way. Literally offensive that when you hold on to it, you haven't willing to truly give, give it up in that way. It becomes offensive to the Lord God Almighty. And these things halt his process of sanctification in your life. He's got you over here, but he can't take you any further because you're still holding on. He, he's not able to do his good work in your life. You know, Romans chapter 8 verse 8 says this. Those who are in the realm of the flesh, cannot please God. Why? Because your flesh is making excuses why something is okay. Many believers are looking for gray areas. They're even looking for watered-down churches that will tell them, it's okay for you to do that. It's okay for you to be that way. You can have Jesus too. But that's not how it works. That is not his holy word. See, James, speaking to the church, now this is James, the half-brother of Jesus who goes on to lead the Jerusalem church. He writes this letter to the church. He writes this letter to Christians, and he says this in James chapter 4, verse 4. He says, you adulteresses? He's talking to Christians. Do you not know that friendship with the world is hostility toward God? Therefore, whoever wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Oh, but we love the things of the world, don't we? Oh, whatever's going on, all that, oh, that horoscope, I match up and my birthday is around that time. Oh, worldly music. Uh, Pastor, you know, I just like the music because of the beats. You know, and I just like the beats. We got the demons flying all around with this kind of or, or, or we follow people on social media that, and, and we make friends with the world that has nothing to do with the Lord. It is not godly in any type of way. Here's what I want us to understand. Submit to God that area of your life and he will heal you. 
He will do his good work in your life. He'll heal that area of your life. Because God is here at the potter's wheel, and he's sitting down at the potter's wheel, and he's making, and he's molding, and he's shaping. He's like, ooh, I'm about to release that next level of dream. I'm about to release that next thing in their life, that blessing. He's like, I'm trying to do this, but you're holding on to what is offensive to him. Because the plans that he has for you are beautiful. Oh, so beautiful. You know, before David ever wrote, search me, oh God, he understood something about God that I think is, is, needs to be noted here this morning. He knew something about God that we all need to understand. In the book of Psalms 139, verses 17 through 18, he says this, how precious are your thoughts for me, God? How vast is the sum of them? Were I to count them, they would outnumber the sand. Imagine that the Lord God, creator of heaven and earth, and how he thinks about you. You are his beautiful, beloved child. He loves you more than you love yourself, more than you can possibly understand somebody would love you. He feels that way about you, and he's got plans, and he's got dreams, and he's got purposes. He got things that he wants to reveal and give and set up and take you to spaces and places and levels. He's got things that he wants to do in your life. There are beautiful Thoughts and dreams that God has for us that we have not even stepped into yet. But I want us to get it. Only we can halt his work in our life. So do you want, do you want, do, do we want what God has for us? I mean, hopefully the answer is truly yes. Here's what I want us to understand. Spiritual growth and maturity means freely and joyfully submitting yourself to God on a recurring basis. So in this process of sanctification, I am resubmitting myself to Lord, right, to Lord. I follow Lord. I obey Lord. I do what Lord asks me in his word. I'm willing to do it his way. I want his will, just like Jesus said in the Garden of Gethsemane, right? He's sweating out blood and he's struggling. His humanity side is dealing with it. Remember, Jesus is 100% God and 100% man all at the same time. So he's dealing with it. And the sum of all of it, he says, God, but not, not my will be done, but your will be done. Your will be done. And he gives us the perfect example of what it is to submit to Lord, to the Lord God Almighty. I'm willing. Listen, I, I'm not just going to say I'm going to just call you Savior, take away my sins and forgive me, and I'm good to go. But I'm also going to allow you to be Lord because we cannot separate them. So I'll do it your way. I'll give it up. So in this process of sanctification, I'll submit again. And you've taken me to a new level. I'm going to submit again. And I've got entangled with this. I'm going to submit again. God, do your work in me. Do it in me. Who are you submitting to? God. For what reason? To keep anything offensive out. Why? Because you love him and you want to please him. How often? on a regular basis, so that your intimacy with him continues to grow. It's not halted. It's not halted. So one more time, David writes, Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. Can we read it together? One, two, three. Search me, God, 
and know my heart. Put me to the test and know my anxious thoughts and see if there is any hurtful way in me and lead me in the everlasting way. May this be our prayer before the Lord. That I want God to lead me in the everlasting way. I want to grow in intimacy with him. I want to know his ways deeper. I want my heart to beat as his heart beats. And I want you to pray that. But I also want you to know I pray that for you. I pray this for you. Jesus says in John 17, 17, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. You have heard his word today. You have heard his truth today. He is the potter at the wheel in your life today. And he is leading you in the process of sanctification today. Today. There's a couple of things, three things I want you to keep in mind of as we close here. I'm also going to ask our brothers to bring the communion elements out. But these three things, just as your own process, number one, ask the Holy Spirit. God, you're trying to figure out, like, what is offensive in your life. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal it to you. Number two, study God's word. The word will speak. The word will reveal. And then three, self-evaluate. Does my life look like Christ? Does it look like Christ? Right? Remember Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus was declared a son of Abraham. And you, too, are declared to be a son of Abraham. Why? Because of your faith in the Lord Jesus. But I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that God has more for you. God has more shaping. He has more molding, more designing, more developing, more releasing in your life. And so here's the challenge for us today. I want you to read this here with us. I want you to see this here. This is the challenge. Would you pray, Father, remove in me anything that is not of you and help me to honor you because I want to go deeper with you. That's my challenge for you this week. That's let his holy word speak to you. Before we go into prayer, I told you earlier that if there was somebody here that wanted to make a decision for Christ, and you recognize the truth is you haven't been really honoring the Lord with your life, that, that hasn't been the case. Um, but you're willing to surrender to him not only as Savior but also as Lord, and you're willing to give your life to him. And truly become a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. You don't got it all worked out. You don't know exactly how every detail is going to look. But, but you know that you need him and you know that you want him. And if, if that's you, would you quickly just raise your hand at me today? Would you raise your hand? Is there anybody here today? Everybody here knows the Lord. Amen. Now, is there anybody here today? Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you, I see your hand, I see your hand. Perfect, yes. Would you join me in prayer, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' mighty name, we come before you humbly. We are nothing without you and we need you. On this day, we confess our sin. Forgive us for our sin. We declare you as our Lord and our Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for paying the price for us on the cross. And as our Lord, we submit to you. We submit our life to you. We submit our way to you. And we love you. Would you lead us in the way of everlasting? And our relationship with you 
For some of us, it's restarting. For some of us, it's beginning. For some of us, it's a season of going deeper. Would you lead us, Father, deeper into your presence, deeper into your ways? Your love is real and tangible. It is something like, like never before, never seen, never known to man. But it is all powerful. Thank you, Father. Continue to do your good work. And also in the same way, I pray your blessing over these communion elements. Thank you for the cracker and the, and the juice, Lord, that represents the body and the blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you've endured. So in this moment and today, we thank you for today, but we also take time to reflect on what you've done. It is because of you that we are set free. It's because of you that our feet are placed on solid ground. It's because of you that we have a hope and a future. It's because of you that we are forgiven and declared justified and entered into a process of sanctification. Bless these elements and may you receive glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hey, Pastor Jack here. I hope you enjoyed today's message and were blessed by it. If you did have any questions or prayer requests or wanted to connect with us further, I did want to share with you our email address. You can certainly find more information about us at mosaiconline.org. If it's in Spanish, mosaiconline.org slash ES. Um, but you can also email us here. You can email us at helpdesk at mosaiconline.org. That's helpdesk, H-E-L-P-D-E-S-K, helpdesk at mosaiconline.org. And you can send your message to us right there. We'd love to connect with you. That messages will get forwarded over to me and our team, our pastors, our staff, and we would love to help you and pray with you and come alongside you. God bless you.